49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the game preview show 49ers versus Pittsburgh Steelers is going down on Sunday and let's get all into this game preview show talking about the 49ers kicking off the season at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh against the Steelers it's not an easy matchup this is a very good Pittsburgh Steelers team they have a very talented quarterback some young weapons around him also, a defense led by one of the best to do it off the edge in TJ Watt and a very talented edge rusher opposite of him and Alex Highsmith. This is not going to be an easy matchup for the San Francisco 49ers, but it's a good test. And if you can get over this hump early in the season and get a big victory against Pittsburgh on the road, it could catapult the 49ers to where they want to be, which is one of the top teams in the league. And of course, already battling to get the number one seed in the playoffs. And I know it's only going to be week one, but that's something that's on everyone's mind in 49ers land because when it comes down to winning football games, it's a lot easier to win playoff games at home than it is on the road. And over the last several years, the 49ers have had to be road warriors, and it hasn't worked out getting them to the promised land and getting back to the Super Bowl. The last time they were in the Super Bowl, 2019, they had home playoff games, which they won, and they won in dominant fashion. So it all starts on Sunday, 10 a.m. local start time for anyone on the West Coast. Of course, 1 o'clock on the East Coast. So let's get into this matchup, which is very interesting because both teams have very talented uh, and very deep rosters. And I think when you're looking at it, it's easy to start with like the quarterback position and just talk about these young quarterbacks that are running each team when it comes to Kenny Pickett the guy that uh, definitely was seen to be a potential franchise quarterback when he's drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers last season and he went out and he played 13 games with a little bit of a mixed bag but I felt like during the season he got better and better and better and kind of came into his own and then this preseason preseason he's looked absolutely fantastic five drives five touchdowns crazy completion percentage he really has looked the part and now the 49ers have to go in there and stop him and his counterpart that he's going to be playing against is Brock Purdy and Brock Purdy was literally a game away from getting his team to the Super Bowl from the time he took over for Jimmy Garoppolo against the Miami Dolphins it was pedal to the metal for Brock Purdy he was making it happen from making people miss scrambling outside the pocket creating on his own and delivering football to operating within the offense and getting things done on time. Brock Purdy showed that he has the potential to be a big time quarterback in this league enough. So that the 49ers have moved on from who they believe their quarterback of the future was going to be in Trey Lance. That's how adamant they are about how good Brock Purdy could be for this 49ers offense. And Brock Purdy doesn't come alone. Brock Purdy comes with, one of the best supporting casts anyone in the league could possibly have. 
whether that's at the wide receiver position with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and all the things they can do, but also with Jawan Jennings and the way that he likes to move the sticks. He's got the moniker third and Jawan for a reason, and he's very pivotal not only to the passing game, but also blocking for the 49ers. So it's going to be huge for Jawan Jennings in this game as he gets matched up against who at nickel. That's going to be something to monitor as we get into the game. And I think the 49ers have advantages in certain areas, talent to talent. And I think Pittsburgh has it inverse. And that's what's fun to talk about and get into. But then you have the running back room where you have all pro caliber player and Christian McCaffrey do it all, catch the ball in the backfield, run the football. Uh, it's, it's a tough matchup for any defense, let alone a defense, you know, that is very good at rushing the passer. Uh, they're going to want to get after the quarterback. But Christian McCaffrey can make them focus a little bit on him, and maybe it could help Brock Purdy get rid of the football a little bit quicker. So running back position. Then you got the tight ends with George Kittle. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, eclectic group of impact athletes that Brock Purdy has at his disposal, and a, and a mad genius and a mad scientist and Kyle Shanahan kind of pulling the strings to make sure he gets those players in the best positions, in the best matchups to be successful. There's not very many coordinators can do it at the level of Kyle Shanahan. He's one of the best, and he's going to be pulling the trigger out there. With Pickett, he's got plenty of talent too. Running back Najee Harris is very talented, and he's got a lot of strength in the lower body. He can definitely push piles, but he's more than just a physical runner because he can catch the ball in the backfield. He also has great feel of when to you know when to press it to the sideline and when to go ahead and get vertical with his cuts. 49ers coach Bobby Turner, who was the running back coach for many years, was a huge fan of Najee Harris coming out of the draft. He contacted him so much, Najee Harris believed he was coming to the 49ers. Uh, they're definitely big fans of the things Najee Harris does. And I think that he's going to make an impact in this game. And then you talk about their tight end, young Pat Fryermuth, and he's got a lot of ability. He's a pretty good blocker, uh, but he's a guy that really sits down well in zone, and he can create after the catch as well. Does he have the abilities of George Kittle, for instance? No, but he's more than adequate as far as a NFL tight end, catching the football, moving the sticks, and making plays inside the red zone. And Kenny Pickett's going to be able to concentrate and believe in him. And then when you get to the wide receiver position, they have some really good talent. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a do-it-all guy. He can line up in the slot. He can line up outside. He's really good at route running, creating separation. He's going to be somebody the 49ers are going to have to make sure they hold down. He's got big play uh, potential. And it just keeps going like that. You've got Pickens as well. And Pickens can do everything you need. A 6'4 frame, a crazy wingspan, able to catch... Uh, contested footballs. George Pickens is special. And we're going to see what he does out there against Charverius Ward, Diamond Lenore, and on occasion, Ambry Thomas. Can they hold up against Pickens and his spectacular ability to go up for 50-50 balls and make plays? It's going to be interesting. And then they added Allen Robinson. Now Allen Robinson is a little bit removed from what he used to do. Of course, when he was a part of the Bears and others where he made a lot of plays last year with the Rams, he kind of took a step back. He wasn't the impact player that we had seen. Uh, but I think a lot of that is usage and how they used him. I think he's going to be used different for Pittsburgh. I think he's going to be asked to convert on third down, go ahead and work over the middle of the field, settle down in zones. 
but he's still got the ability to take it down the seam, take it down the outside, the numbers, and make plays. He's still a big body to be able to use to catch the football, and he's got good hands. So tremendous talent on both sides of the football. And now I want to talk a little bit about my key matchup. So I've talked about matchups the 49ers need to exploit on offense. That's something I've I've gotten into in another video. I've talked about defensive matchups the 49ers need to win. But now I want to talk about key matchups in this game. And we know one of the key matchups on offense for the San Francisco 49ers is Colton McKivitz versus TJ Watt. And just name alone, just when you say it like that, it seems mismatch 49ers. And when it comes to Colton McKivitz, he is unproven. He hasn't played very many games in his career in San Francisco. We have seen him go against some really good pass rushers like Vaughn Miller, and he held up pretty good. But Vaughn Miller got to him. Vaughn Miller got two sacks in that game. And TJ Watt is every bit as good as Vaughn Miller. He's explosive. He's got an array of different kinds of moves. He plays with great leverage. He has good hand technique. Uh, he's explosive. TJ Watt has everything you could possibly want in an edge rusher. So what do the 49ers need to do to help Colton McKivitz? Well, first off, never allow it to be consistently Colton McKivitz versus Watt. What I'm saying is you don't want it to always be one-on-one -on -one situations. Make TJ Watt feel different types of other blockers coming towards him. Whether that is a wide receiver like Jawan Jennings lined up in close and giving him a chip, or a tight end in George Kittle making him line farther up outside and giving Colton McKivitz extra time, or that same tight end George Kittle chipping him, maybe giving him a little chip and allowing McKivitz to get into his slide. The other thing you can do is you can give help with the running back. Now, with Pittsburgh being so talented at the other defensive line spots and having linebackers that are tremendously athletic, that leaves you vulnerable to blitzes, of course. So you have to be very, very smart about how you give help, and you want to give different types of help. One of the easiest ways to give help to Colton McKivitz is not about using another player, but it's about using a certain part of your offense, and that's the run game. Running the football very consistently for the 49ers takes the pressure off of Colton McKivitz. If you are able to run the football, then these offensive players, offensive linemen can go forward. That is advantage 49ers. That's advantage Colton McKivitz. Even though TJ Watt is very good at setting the edge, he's a good edge rusher all the way around. He is one of the best in the league. I still think he's a better pass rusher than he is at setting the edge against the run, even though he's really good. So you have to take advantage of, even though it's not that big of an advantage, you can take advantage of that part of his game. But how do you do it? Well, first off, in every single defense, there is a void, or what I like to call a area of, that's a bubble that you can attack. So with the Pittsburgh Steelers, their area to attack in the run game is between their outside linebacker, who comes up to the line of scrimmage with TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith, and the defensive end. Uh, in this case, we'll talk about Cameron Hayward. Uh, he is going to be the guy that's going to be lined up there closest to TJ Watt. But the way they play him, he gets inside shade on the tackle or even outside shade on the guard. They like to put pressure on the interior. What that does, though, is leave a void. If he's inside and Watts outside, same way the 49ers do with their wide nine, it creates a nice bubble in the defense to attack. What have the 49ers done in history when they see this type of defense? 
they found a way to get more movement against that defensive end or outside linebacker, in this case, TJ Watt. So what they do is they'll either put a tight end or a tackle, and they will get an initial push. A lot of times it'll be a tight end because that'll help him line up even farther outside and create even more of a bubble. You get an initial push from George Kittle, who's one of the best run blockers on the entire team. Just forget he's a tight end. He's just that good. Uh, and he's going to get an initial push. Watt won't give up much ground. But what you do is you take a few different types of players. The 49ers have used other running backs. They could use Elijah Mitchell. They could use Kyle Juszczyk. They could use another tight end. They could use Warner or Dwelly. Or they could use a wide receiver like Debo Samuel or Jawan Jennings in motion. And what they do is they get these guys moving across the formation in motion at a rapid speed. Kittle gets the initial contact, and then that next guy gets another push to widen it out. Then what they do is they take Colt McKivitz, and he gives help on the guy inside, and then he pushes to second level, and it creates an avenue to run the football. If the linebacker gets across Colt McKivitz's face, then you end up kicking him out, and the run goes through the hole, and then there's a cutback. If that linebacker gets caught by Colt McKivitz, you go through, and then you're running the alley against the safety. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a very talented safety in Minka Fitzpatrick, and he can make that tackle. But still, that's a third-level player. You're getting at least five, six, seven yards on the play. So that is a bubble that they can attack on both sides of the football. I will say this. If you're going to run it, it's definitely better to run it at Highsmith. He's not as good setting the edge. But for this conversation, I wanted to talk about Watt because you have to go at him to wear him down. You cannot allow him in the fourth quarter to be completely healthy and come after you. So that's how you go about navigating that. When it comes to the linebackers, the Fournier's are going to have to be very mindful of where Alandon Roberts is. Alandon Roberts is very good about getting downhill, diagnosing what the offense is doing and making tackles. So they're going to have to find him and not allow windows for him to be able to get behind the line of scrimmage and get McCaffrey before he ever gets started. With Cole Holcomb, that's your opportunity. So if you can create a personnel grouping and a formation that gets Highsmith and Cole Holcomb on the same side, that is your avenue to run the football at a high level. You can get him on the left side because that's where Highsmith plays. That's where you're going to have your victory. Because Trent Williams, uh, George Kittle, those guys against Highsmith advantage 49ers. It's hard to find advantages because... The defensive line is no joke for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That that defensive line is great. Well, there's Ogan Joby, uh, Keanu Benton, if it's Hayward, they're they're really good. So finding those places is hard. But this is how you take pressure off Colt McKivitz. If all of a sudden you're in third and twos or those types of situations, it's easier conversions. Brock Purdy can get rid of the ball quicker. It's easier to go ahead and run the ball on third down and make it even more difficult. But you have to be successful on early downs running the football to take that pressure off. If you get into third and long situations with Colton McKivitz versus TJ Watt, advantage TJ Watt. If you get in those situations and they run some sort of a stunt, it's going to be difficult. So the best way for the 49ers to protect Colton McKivitz in this football game is to establish a run game and make it third and manageable. Those are what's going to help. You get to third and eight, advantage TJ Watt. You get to third and six, advantage T.J. Watt. Third and four below, 
49ers got a chance. So that's a little bit about how the 49ers can help Colton McKivitz. You could chip with other players, but really it's about getting the run game going and also moving the pocket. If you can move the pocket and run a flood concept, a flood concept usually means level. So you get a guy in the flat, a guy intermediate, and a guy deep. If you do that type of concept scheme, a lot of times in a 3-4 defense, the outside linebacker will have coverage in the flats. So as soon as that running back or tight end comes across his face, he'll go with them. That's another way for the 49ers to get Watt in coverage and not rushing the passer, taking pressure once again off Colton McKivitz. So those are things that I'm sure Kyle Shanahan has figured into his game plan, and we'll see what it looks like. There'll probably be some pulling guys as well coming to help Colton McKivitz. McKivitz goes up, uh, blocking somebody else like, hey, we're giving help, and then you pull a guard around and let him have help on the other side. There's lots of ways to do it with funnel blocks and everything else. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a creative blocking scheme. No one-on-ones. It's going to happen every once in a while, and Colt McKivitz has got to win those, but uh, let's limit those for sure. When it gets to the defensive matchup, it's less about player on player and more about the 49ers defense on third down versus the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Because the 49ers defense, even though it was spectacular in 2022, one of the areas they struggled was on third down. They allowed teams to convert at a pretty high rate. 39% of teams you know, were converting on third down, and a lot of those on third and short. The 49ers would give up a lot of third and ones, third and twos, and those are not ways that you win football games traditionally. So the 49ers had to rely on turnovers. 49ers created 30 turnovers in 2022, 20 interceptions and 10 fumble recoveries. Most of those interceptions coming from the 49ers safeties. Talanoa Fonga had four. Tashawn Gibson had five. So there's a lot of ability to create turnovers. But the easiest way is always to stop them on third down. You get to third down, get off the field. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers were seventh best in the NFL, converting at 44.9%. That's a pretty good ratio. Seventh in the NFL is definitely you know the top portion of the league. The 49ers, in fact finish six so just ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers at 45 percent so what you're seeing between these two teams is evenly matched on third down efficiency converting so the 49ers one of the ways to win is to not turn over the football and to get off the field on third down and so I think this is going to be a pivotal part of this game and this is one thing I've talked about and I talked about it in matchups the 49ers must win on defense they have to tackle Najee Harris because if you get situations where it's third and one because Najee Harris has been falling forward, earning a couple extra yards, he can convert on third and th third and one pretty well. And yes, the 49ers are going to be at full power, full strength along their defensive line, their front seven, but you just don't want those scenarios. Make Pickett beat you on third and eight. Make Pickett beat you on third and six because it's just a more difficult play. When you're talking about percentages, it's easier to convert on third and one. So the 49ers got their work cut out for them. And a lot of it is going to happen on early downs. We can talk about third down as much as we want, but they have to win on early downs. The same way the 49ers offense needs to run the football on early downs to prevent TJ Watt from going crazy and getting a tremendous amount of play, uh, playing in sacks against uh, Colton McKivitz. The 49ers have to win on early downs to force Pickett to third and long. Early down success is an imperative to third down conversion rates. So can the 49ers slow up Pittsburgh Steelers from converting at this rate? 
I think they can bring their conversion rate down in 2023 as long as they don't have as many third and one situations like they did. What we saw in the preseason was the 49ers, when teams got past the 50, stiffened up pretty well. So the bend and break system was working and they would give up field goals over anything else. I'm wondering what Steve Wilkes wants to do on third down. We talked a little bit about the fact that Steve Wilkes likes to blitz close to 38% of the time, while Kenny Pickett is one of the best at beating the blitz in the NFL. And when you get to third and long situations, that's when you have the opportunity to really do that kind of thing. Uh, so Pickett, he threw three touchdowns. He had no interceptions and a 72% completion percentage against teams that blitzed him. So he's very successful. And if you are blitzing against Kenny Pickett and he's got a third and four, advantage Pickett. If it's third and 12, advantage 49ers. And this is one of the most interesting matchups is going to be how much Wilkes will blitz. And that all comes down to third down. I think if it's third and long, he's going to feel like he can play a lot of base sets. He can rush four with Nick Bosa being back and they could still get after the quarterback. But I think if it's third and six, third and five, he's going to believe he needs to bring a blitz and speed up Kenny Pickett's clock to make him get rid of the football early. So I think that's what Wilkes is going to try to do in this matchup. And it's interesting. If the 49ers hold the Pittsburgh Steelers under 35% of conversion rate on third down, I think they have a really good chance to win this football game. If the 49ers can create turnovers and not lose the turnover margin battle, they have a really good chance to win this football game. But if Pittsburgh is converting at 44.9% and not turning over the football, this game's going to be a lot closer than 49er fans want and then Kyle Shanahan wants. So it's going to be highly important for the 49ers to get off the field on third down. And if they can do it, then they have a really good opportunity to win this football game. And that's one of the things that we talked about in those other episodes is all these other matchups, uh, yeah, even though they're, they're important, they're not as key uh, because there are certain things you just have to do that include the entire team. And I think that's one of the things we're going to talk about in here. But right now, I want to give a wow, that's bold uh, prediction for the game. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It's really bold. It's whoa. And I actually have a, a couple of bold predictions for this game. I don't know how bold they are. Uh, in the grand scheme, I'm trying not to go too crazy in week one, but after all the film watching and all the breaking down of the Steelers, the 49ers during the week, I like to go ahead and give bold predictions. My first is that Brock Purdy is going to throw for two touchdowns and extend his streak in the regular season. I think he's just, he's got what it takes. He's got that it factor. And I think he's going to let it rip and he's going to make some plays uh, in this game. And I think Brock Purdy gets two touchdowns through the air and it, that really helps the 49ers offense. But he's got so many weapons and so much talent. I think it's just inevitable that he gets them into the, into the red zone. And then they have some red zone success. Last year, George Kittle had 11 touchdowns, uh, a, a big portion of that of the touchdowns with Brock Purdy at the helm. He also had good success and feel with Christian McCaffrey, and he was developing that with Debo Samuel. And Brandon Ayuk, 
I know a lot of people haven't got to see him since last year. He is a completely different animal this year. This dude is ready to take it to another level. He's in a contract year. He's going to go out there. He's going to ball out. I think uh, Brandon Ayuk is going to have a big season. And I think it happens for these pass catchers in this game. Brock Purdy with at least two touchdowns through the air, extending his regular season streak of games with with two touchdowns or more. And then the other is on the defensive side of the ball. And I think the defense is going to create two turnovers in this game. I think at some point, Pickett's luck with the blitz coming at him is going to run out. I know he was great, 72%, no interceptions, three touchdowns last year. I think they get him once that way. And then I think the ball gets put on the ground as a fumble on the other one. So I think I got one Pickett interception. I got one fumble coming the 49ers way. I won't be surprised if the 49ers don't turn it over at least once. Uh, but I got them at least coming e- even uh, with both teams having two turnovers or the 49ers winning the turnover battle by one because I would not be shocked to see some sort of mishap for the 49ers and they put the ball on the ground. If they play a clean game and they force turnovers from the Steelers, the 49ers will win the football game. I don't think either one of these teams can have a huge discrepancy between uh, each other and turnovers without the that team winning the game. So if Pittsburgh forced three turnovers, for instance, I would believe, and the 49ers didn't have any, uh, the 49ers didn't cause any, I would believe the Pittsburgh Steelers would win the game. Turnovers are hard to overcome, and in this scenario, both defenses are, are really good. Both offenses are emerging. 49ers offense definitely showed what was up last year, and I think Pickett at the helm this year, they're expecting the same things uh, from him and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, those are my bold predictions for this game. And now I want to give my game prediction who I think is going to win this matchup. And it wasn't easy. I don't think this is a runaway for either one of these teams. I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle between both. And I think that when it comes down to it at the end, one team was just able to execute a little bit more, able to make one more play than the other, and they get the win. And I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to win this game 26-20, 26-20, to 20. the tight battle may come down uh, to a couple Jake Moody field goals, but I think the 49ers end up getting this game uh, won, and they come out 1-0 looking to go back to Los Angeles to play the Los, Los Angeles Rams in a divisional matchup in Week 2. It'll be a hard-fought, tough victory for the 49ers. I think they'll come out on the other end feeling really good uh, and feeling like, hey, this is... This is what we wanted to do. It's a dogfight season, but I think we're going to see the emergence of some more stars for the 49ers defense, whether that is guys like Cleveland Farrell or George Odom, or even on the offensive side of the ball, as we see players continue to step up like Elijah Mitchell coming back from injury and making some plays in this game. So it's going to be a fun one. 49ers get a close victory, 26-20. to Let me know what you guys think. What is your score prediction for this football game? Do you think the San Francisco 49ers are able to edge it out? Do you think it's even closer to that? I'm curious what you think. And if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, let me know what the score you believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win by. I know you ain't going to pick the 49ers to win this game, but thanks everyone for coming through. Uh, More content coming your way. And then, of course, the game. We're going to have a reaction show after the game. Come through. We'll have a fun conversation. I'll be live for that. Uh, But until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.